you know, you, you do the, the planning, you do the tabletop exercises, you do all of this stuff. But when it was on this magnitude, no one was ready for it. There was, there was no amount of funding or exercises or anything that could have prepared us for, for what happened ultimately. Unfortunately, that was exacerbated by things like political motivation and um, just like personal agendas. Like it it really didn't have to be as hard as it was. It was going to be hard, don't get me wrong. But when you have constant resistance to people saying like, yes, this is worse. And here's what we can do. Like, here's what has worked in the past. Here's what history has taught us it's going to drag on and be harder. Like, what do you expect? (laughs) Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. And today on our final episode of season eight, which is, again, just so fascinating to me because this little baby of a podcast that was born from the depths of my brain and my significant other's brain, well, I don't know how many, two years ago now, has now had eight seasons, which is incredible. And we are wrapping up this season, which has been so fun. And we're already halfway through the summer, which is, you know, you and I, all, y'all know how I feel about time. It just, just makes no sense. So this is wild to me that we are wrapping up the season today with a wonderful guest that I have for y'all today. Someone who has popped into my life in a very like small way, but then has become a big part of my personal life. I really enjoy this person. And even though I don't get to see her anymore, um, that makes me very sad. I will hopefully see her around more often as we have a lot of lovely things in common. And again, to wrap up our little intro here, I want to remind everyone to please give us a follow on social media on Facebook or Instagram. And if you haven't already, please rate and review and subscribe wherever you listen. You know, those things do matter to us. And while I don't expect to ever be like Oprah or Brene Brown, I would love to get some positive ratings out there and to get us to fully five stars and any more feedback you can give us. We would really appreciate it. Okay, so on to today's guest. I would love to introduce you all to a pseudo-colleague-esque turned friend, Kendall Phillips. Welcome, Kendall. Welcome, Kendall. What an accurate title. I'm like, I don't really know what to say about that anymore. Um, But welcome, Kendall. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. Kendall was also one of the ones that we were like, hey, I do a podcast. Have you heard about that? And she's like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, do you want to be on the podcast? And she was like, I mean, sure. Great. And then we got her here and then her episode comes out literally tomorrow. So she's all in for the chaos that is our life sometimes. Let me share a little bit about Kendall for you all. Kendall is a public health professional who's currently finishing her graduate degree and she literally just accepted her internship. Woohoo. So we'll talk more about that. She has primarily worked in health education and health communication on a variety of public health topics, but her favorite are maternal child health, reproductive health, child injury prevention, and harm reduction. After moving to Raleigh, she's picked up a side gig that utilizes her love of all things pop culture, and she is now a music bingo and trivia host. We will share where she is so you can find her. She also loves roller skating, making charcuterie boards, and watching reality competition shows. And now she also has four chickens to care for, (laughs) which we love. They have wonderful names. Thank you so much, Kendall, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Susan. Yay! Um, Yeah, so... Remind me the three you just told me this right before we started recording, but tell us how you how did you get into doing trivia and music bingo? Like you said you like love all these things, right? But it's like how did you end up there? Yeah. So um we my husband and I moved to Raleigh 
It'll be a year at the end of this month. I from cannot, where? From Greensboro. Wow. Well, I that's cannot right. believe that. Yeah. It's been a full year. It has year. been a year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Because we, we moved to Raleigh the very last weekend of July, which was like the 29th and 30th or 30th and 31st. I never know how many days are in a month. But, and then I started my job on Monday, August 1st. Holy crap. I that. Yeah. So, and was your job with us, which is how mm-hmm. we know each other. Okay. Yep. So quickly too, as a sidebar before Kendall shares about where she spends her after work time doing these fun things, Kendall and I knew each other because of working at the same wellness center in mm-hmm. downtown Raleigh. So many of you who are familiar with me in a professional sense know that on Fridays, I work at Current Wellness, which is in downtown Raleigh. And Kendall was our office manager yeah. and literally our like go-to for everything. I would text Kendall and be like, I would like to schedule a massage. Can you do that for me, please? And she'd be like, yep, great on it. Uh, I have definitely abused Kendall's um, job and my privileges at this, at this place. <laughs> One thing I will miss. <laughs> I miss it already, too. It was so fun. But um, how did you find out about that job not being from here? Yeah, I was I was living in Greensboro. I was working a different job and um, just like it was fine. Like it had a lot of fun perks and I got to do a lot of once in a lifetime experiences. Um, but it just like wasn't my jam. Yeah. You know, just like not thrilling. And my husband already had a job lined up in Raleigh. Sweet. So I just was looking on Indeed. I was like, let me just see what's out there. I had just taken a class called Stigma and Health. And um, the professor was a a major researcher in the weight stigma field. And I had never had any class go around that or discuss that or anything along those lines. Um, But I had previously worked in harm reduction and have done a lot of work around, you know, substance use disorders. So I was interested in stigma and health from that lens already. And then taking that really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. And so um, fast forward a few months, I'm looking for jobs in Raleigh and I see the posting for current and it said on there, you must um, comply, you know, with our, our values, our mission. And I was like, hmm, what mission and values? Okay. Yeah. So let me just click so this one little I read link here. Everywhere else that right. everyone says. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, Oh, that's that's not the generic stance. That's no. not, you know, that that's everything that I'm looking for. That's what I want to line my my own mission and values with. Um, so I applied on a whim while still living in Greensboro, mind you, and ended up getting it and looked at my husband and said, I think if I put my two weeks in two weeks earlier than we were planning, then I think I can get our house listed, pack it up, find a house to rent and get us moved. And then you can get us unsettled while I start this job. And he was like, if I trust you. I, I believe in you, too. Yeah. And, and that's exactly that's what sweet. I did. Oh, my God. So you guys had to sell a house in Greensboro? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. During, so this was in 2022. Let's see. 20. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's 2023, right? I can do math. Okay. Yeah. A year ago. Mm-hmm. So the housing market was still pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you were like, yep, time to list this house, get it sold, let's mm-hmm. go, yep. rent a house. Oh my God, chaos. Yeah, it was very chaotic. <laughs> yeah, but what a way to come to Raleigh. Right? Yeah. You're like, I'm here, I'm in it. I love it. Exactly. For those of you who are not as familiar with current wellness, do you feel comfortable being like, you know, a little, Do we can even add the sidebar now, or we can add the sidebar later of like what current wellness is. That, that yeah, you said, sure. like that mission that like really attracted you to them. Yeah, so um, they are an integrative wellness center. So their services revolve around mind, body, and community. 
And they come at it from a lens of uh, being trauma-informed, size-inclusive, really promoting body liberation. And so they have services like, you know, fitness and yoga classes. Then they also have appointment-based services. So mental health counseling, one you're very familiar with. Um, Nutrition counseling, massage, physical therapy. Um, And yeah, they're just a very warm and welcoming place. And we're the best possible place for my husband and I to land whenever we got here. I love that. Yeah. I know we need to, I need to like convince Britt to also be on this podcast. Yes. Oh my God. She would be a great host. Or, I know. Yeah. Yes. You know, whatever, both. She could host. <laughs> I'll let her host it. Go ahead. I love that. Um, yeah. So that, you know, I do, re- now I'm thinking back. I'm like, I do remember you being at the first, first Friday mm-hmm. that we had for August. Yep. Yeah. And I don't even think we had an office manager before that. We like we weren't big enough. No, I yeah. was the first full time employee. Ooh, look at that so, yeah, no. honor and we'll, privilege. We'll flip. <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you came to Raleigh, and so now, unfortunately, has maybe you all have caught the drift that Kendall's no longer with us at Kern Wellness. She has passed the torch to yeah. another office manager because of this wonderful graduate school stuff. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yeah, like what are you doing? Tell us more about yourself. Yeah, how you got into all this stuff. So I always had the goal, um, and I don't know why, numbers are arbitrary, I'm learning that now, but I always had this goal of like just finishing my master's, like having a master's by 30, and just like being done, being settled. Well, I get why you have that goal, like what does the world tell you you're supposed to have by your 30, a a partner, especially Mm -hmm. if you're like a heteronormative person, right? Like a husband with two kids, a white picket fence, and a house, and a But, um... So I, I had this goal, um, never really had anything in mind to do with it, but like just like something for, for myself. And so mid-COVID, I was like, you know what? It's time. I can finish this by 30 still. So let's go ahead and get this master started. Started it, was doing really well. And then, um, yeah, turns out working full-time and doing full-time school is Fucking hard. Fucking hard. <laughs> who who could have thought? So um, I put it on hold for a little while and, um, you know, just focused on doing a a good job and getting settled into Raleigh and finally was like, you know what, like I'm watching all these other people live out their dreams Mm -hmm. and put their master's degrees to use and all of this. And I'm like, man, I should be doing that too. Right. Let me quit standing in my own way and just go do it. (laughs) I love that so much because you were saying like, I went and got this job, which I love this opportunity to be around all these people. And y'all current is a wonderful place to network. And I appreciate you acknowledging that it was also making you very aware that like you were supporting all these people who had done the dream that you say you wanted to accomplish. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I still want to do that. And like, while this is great and all, I'm in my own fucking way to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, like I just said, I I started this as a, as a personal goal, as something for myself. And it only felt fitting to end it doing something for myself and doing something that, that I really loved. And, you know, I, I love the community at current. It just wasn't the, the type of topics I wanted to be doing and, well, ultimately, yeah, you That's got other control. goals. Yeah, yeah, you got other things to work on. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you work at a place for a while and you're like, this is great. And then my interests and my dreams and my all the things have changed. Yeah. 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 And so literally right before we started recording, Kendall told me she accepted her internship opportunity mm. at, drum roll please. 
Vanderbilt University. Yeah. Okay, and you start when? September? Um, yeah, I will be going out there about mid-September. That's amazing. Okay, tell us a little bit about the internship. What are you doing? Yeah, so it is with their Pediatric Trauma Injury Prevention Program. Okay. So um, way back in my first public health job, um, on my birthday week, I remember this, I was turning, I think, 23 and I was sent to become a certified child passenger safety technician, which is the just a is fancy way of saying you can install car seats. Oh, okay. But it is a 40-hour training. You have to recertify every two years. It's it's actually like kind of a like a okay. What a kind of somewhat challenging thing to do? Yeah. What kind? Of, I thought you could just. Do parents have to take this course? No. Okay, this is, who does this? Right. Who takes this course? <laughs> mostly, mostly firefighters, police officers, and public health. You occasionally get nurses who, like, work in, you know, the um, maybe child like, delivery. Maybe, like, primary, like, maybe, like, child protective services sometimes people. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. But the, oh, but we send parents, I don't understand. I know. This is crazy to me. So, I was, like, you know, 23 years old, like, rolling my eyes. Like, well, this like I can install a car seat. It's fine. But then it like I kind of became obsessed with it and I actually really love talking about car seats and doing like child prevention like child safety injury prevention so yeah so in this internship I will be working um, with families who either have children in the hospital from an injury Mm -hmm. or I'll be doing like community outreach and education Um, and it'll be on mostly child passenger safety, but also like gun storage and ATVs, wearing helmets. I've said that 1200 times and the podcast has been going on for 10 (laughs) minutes, but that is amazing. I'm really excited about it. And I think I would imagine that this is something you and I probably clicked on very early because I volunteer for Safe Child, which is our child advocacy center here in Raleigh. And so something that I think we started talking about very quickly, not even, you know, my experiences have been limited to the Raleigh area with those types Mm -hmm. of programs and what's offered and the protection of children in our area. I didn't even think that was a thing. Yeah, that's crazy. And I I use this the stat all the time you hear all the time kind of in this this space but three out of four car seats are installed incorrectly at any given time there's an error and like it's we need like an auditor they're like you know like people that like (laughs) check the elevators it's like you just need to like have a drive-through program that's like let me check your car seat yes exactly (gasps) yep that shows where we need to be putting our money right (laughs) dear god okay fascinating how tell us if you can rewind even more like you're like okay we're at 23 go back a little bit more how did you want to do any of this oh my gosh that's such a funny story yeah tell where you from so i'm originally from randleman um very small town center of the state uh going in between greensboro and ashboro like Mm -hmm. you're going to the zoo um and i did not have anyone in the health field in my family like there's no one yeah um, a lot of entrepreneurs in my family, a lot of now teachers, um, kind of the second wave career and whatnot. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like very early on, I noticed kind of like a, an interest in things like in the psychology realm. And um, a lot of the books I read were about like the human body. Like I just kind of had this like natural curiosity about things like health, wellness, body related. Yep. So fast forward um, to high school, I joined HOSA, which was Health Occupation Students of America. Did very well with that. I was actually the first student from my high school to make it to nationals wow. with HOSA. What, the f- what do you do there? <laughs> For that one, I did public speaking. <laughs> Go figure. Okay. Makes total sense. Okay. This is coming full circle now. 
So, um, yeah, I, I started to kind of figure out that I wanted to do something with that. Started college, started with like psychology and sociology, moved to child development. Um, because who the fuck knows how to get anywhere because yeah. they don't tell you any of this. And so I'm just like kind of floating by figuring this out. Yeah. I was in a class called, um, the, it was a peer health education class, but then it was also like its own certification and loved it. It's exactly as it sounds. I did like all these like little health programs all over campus for my peers. And I'm sitting in the class one day and we had a guest speaker and the guest speaker goes, now I'm assuming everyone in here is a public health student, right? And everyone but me raises their hand and I'm like looking like, around oh, shit. and I'm like, what the fuck is public health? What are y'all talking about? What is, what do you, what is this? Yeah. Like, of course we're all public health. We're like in the public and we care about health, right? Like, no. And so I, I literally had no idea what he was talking about. So I talked to um, my, my first little college boyfriend at the time and kind of told him about it. And he was like, well, you know, he played on a local hockey team. He goes, well, you know, this guy, my teammate is one of the public health professors at UNCG, right? Which is where we were at school. And I was like, well, obviously, I didn't know that. No. So he goes, well, yeah, let me introduce you. So um, his name is Dr. Mike Perko. He's the greatest. Thank you, Mr. Perko. Dr. Perko, you like changed <laughs> my life that day. ever gets to you. <laughs> changed my life that day. Um, I spoke to him after the hockey practice. He goes, come, come to my office the next day. I go in and he shows me the Bureau of Labor Statistics of, you know, different projections in the public health field. He tells me what public health is, first and foremost. And you're um, like, is it, how is this a degree? And this was, <laughs> when, what year is this? Gosh, this would have been 2013, I think. Okay. 2012. Yeah. So public yeah. health, I think, is really taking off as a, sure. a degree and then be a profession. Yeah, because yeah, you we started to hear a lot about it so much more. They're like coming three, four years. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, now that we're post pandemic, everybody, oh, everybody. Has heard about it now. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I found public health. It I found love me. That. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you to this department and this hockey team. All of yeah. it brought yeah. us all together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I changed my major that same day and that's been that never looked back never looked back wow mm-hmm. okay so then you also brought up the pandemic too so we were at 23 doing this car seat program yep. and then now we're doing vanderbilt internship mm-hmm. and you know then in between all that's been the pandemic <laughs> and call it like everything else in Lots between of all of that yeah so you know i know we you know as i've said y'all like kendall and i have gotten to know each other in a variety of like more of a professional setting, but then became more personal. And so I haven't gotten to even hear a lot of Kendall's own personal <laughs> stuff going on for her. So I'm really looking forward for you to, you know, be able to share some of what it's been like, because you've had some really cool jobs mm-hmm. and stuff that you've done, particularly like through the pandemic and right before that and stuff. Yeah. So um, that first job where I was, you know, checking car seats and stuff, I was a health educator in that role. And by the time the pandemic hit, um, you know, everything I was doing day to day, just like full stop yeah. and turn into pandemic response. Um, I was doing health education on mental health, substance use, communicable diseases, and then child injury prevention and really loving it. And you're working for like the county? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, very small rural county. And I was already starting to feel some burnout, particularly around um, the harm reduction and the substance use, because mm-hmm. it started getting personal. Um, I started losing friends to overdose. 
um, the community members I was working with, you know, you maybe got to know them. Yeah. And then they stopped coming. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was already starting to feel a little bit of burnout from that already. But was able to kind of like, you know, push through and was starting to kind of look around and was like, hmm, what else is out there? But, you know, kept at it. So then, um, man, I still like remember the exact like timeline. I can like mm. put my my body physically there. It's so wild. We closed on our house in Greensboro on February 14th on Valentine's Day. We finished moving in on February 28th, which is my birthday. We finished like fully moving in, the oh, no trucks and everything. So, no wonder we're so alike. We're four days apart. Oh, are we? Uh-huh. I noticed she had the Pisces mug. Oh, I was yeah. going to ask. Four days. I was supposed to be born on leap year. My mom said no. So then I was born early. So. I get asked all the time if I'm a leap year baby. I'm like, no, nope, wrong day and wrong year. You're but like, we're, we're great. No, no, no. <laughs> so then um, that's. By that, let's see, Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was like March 3rd or 4th, um, North Carolina enacts state of emergency. And we get pulled into the conference room. We, as in um, some of us from, you know, the public health department, the health education, some of the nurses and then admin. And then it just like never stopped. Yeah. We just like never left the conference room. We eventually moved to a different room to be with uh, EMS um, and the room altogether is called the emergency operations center. So whenever you have a public health outbreak, you declare an EOC, an emergency operations center, and it's basically like a team of people doing um, all the navigating for how to respond. So they're it's in the hub, yeah, it's your brain exactly. <gasps> so they're in communication with the hospitals. They're in communication with emergency responders. They're in communication with um, really every sector of the community. And I was responsible for all things communications related, essentially. So I did all of our, um, gosh, a lot of our like data mapping. I did a lot of our uh, social media content, all of the social media content. Um, we put out press releases. So I would help type those up. We managed a, a hotline. So I came up with like message maps for the hotline and like trained folks on, you know, different ways to respond. Um and being in your, your mid-20s, that's like... <laughs> and you're on the front lines, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, like, I'm pulled into, like, doing some contact tracing. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, seeing people I know from, like, different settings, you know, like, die or, like, get seriously um, sick or, you know, like, our, our own team, like, my own coworkers were losing loved ones, too. And so, like, all of this is just, like in this contained room that had no windows really like there's like little teeny tiny slits at it's the like top a bunker it, it really felt like that so talk about like the end of times right i mean yeah. many people i would imagine could could expand or expound upon this experience and be like it literally felt like the end of the world it, to some people yeah and you know like you're taking calls that range from absolutely terrified and understandably so to absolutely outraged <laughs> and then you want to say understandably so yeah kind of not yeah and you know and I, I I really do have a lot of empathy for people um even people with opposing views because there's there's so much information and it's it's hard to navigate and to know what's what and when you're scared you you cling on to whatever 
satisfies a need and, you know, helps you feel secure in that moment. And some of us do that in a very maladaptive way, you know, like calling the pandemic a hoax uh and going after people. (laughs) I can't. I mean, I'm over here thinking, you know, putting myself back in those shoes of where we were when the state of emergency was enacted and we were officially in a pandemic. Right. This national, international, worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. I got to be home, you know, while I recognize that privilege you know my experience was nothing like actually seeing Mm -hmm. the terror and the trauma and the fear and the worry other than with my own clients right which and i i will say part of my niche work unintentionally is working with healthcare providers so i ended up working with tons of nurses and doctors and ems providers who continued to go to work and then you're also saying yeah don't forget about those of us that literally helped plan how your county was going to respond to all of this we we went every day mm-hmm. i didn't work from home i worked in a literal bunker <laughs> surrounded by people <laughs> who were supposed to know what the fuck we're doing in a pandemic yeah yeah and you know there i worked really closely with um public health preparedness and and that ended up being my my next role after i left that one but you know, you you do the the planning, you do the tabletop exercises, you do all of this stuff. But when it was on this magnitude, no one was ready for it. There was there was no amount of funding or exercises or anything that could have prepared us for for what happened ultimately. And unfortunately, that was exacerbated by things like political motivation and um, just like personal agendas. Like it it really didn't have to be as hard as it was. It was going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. But when you have constant resistance to people saying like, yes, this is worse. And here's what we can do. Like, here's what has worked in the past. Here's what history has taught us it's going to drag on and be harder. Like, what do you expect? Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I appreciate you saying like, not just political agendas, but also personal agendas. Yeah. People who don't like change are afraid of losing money and time or their job and wanting someone to blame for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And finding local people to pin that anger and frustration onto then just oh, yeah. dealing with the fact that this is impacting everyone. And it's really hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We, uh, my colleague and I, um, who I, I got really close to, and we're still best friends. We had a, a girls' trip this past weekend. Um, she and I had taken a couple of motivational interviewing uh, workshops and mm-hmm. practice and everything before all of this happened. And I'm so grateful that we did. And I'm so grateful that she's even better at it than I am because we definitely had to do a lot of. So, what I'm hearing is you're mad at me right now because, I mean, just like all of it. Wow. and man, it was a true exercise. Yeah. And patience. And like you said, empathy and being able to validate individuals who are not taking into consideration, right? Like, hey, we're also being impacted by this. Yeah. You know, and I can imagine, I mean, I remember how we were treating, you know, health, healthcare staff, right? And we do you remember in, was it Atlanta that's doing like the clapping when (laughs) nurses would change shifts? Right. Like that was supposed to like, do something and like yeah. i think we all can gather around this camaraderie and this like effervescence of being a part of something at the same time yeah. and it's sweet right i do think i don't think any healthcare provider was like fucking hate that right but at, at the end of the day yes they're heroes but also like just fucking listen to them yeah. that's really all they want yeah. you to do i i don't think i i think people think that just being nice is going to offset that level of burnout and it's just not true 
It's like it's just not true. Like just like you said, just listening to the experts. You know, it, if you take your your car, you don't take your car to the orthopedist. Like you take your car to a mechanic because they're a mechanic and they know what they're talking about. They know cars. Yeah, yeah. They like <laughs> maybe went to school for it, or at least were taught by somebody who's been right. taught by somebody in this they generational have experience. system. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they know what they're doing. And so would you take your car to your neighbor, Joe, who like tinkered <laughs> around with toy model cars? Or would you take it to someone who, you know, has worked on cars? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it that really compounds and makes the burnout just like so much worse whenever you recognize that it just does not have to be the challenge that it is. Yeah. If people would just do what they need to, like, just work together, just be collaborative, be a community, like. What happened to the whole love thy neighbor thing? Like <laughs> That went straight out the fucking window. It's just like, come together and rally, guys. <laughs> Is there anything that stands out to you? You know, you were saying at the start of this, you can put your body back in that. <laughs> and if you sit here and, and think about it for a second, any memory come up for you of something standing out significantly of an interaction with a person, a group, or a moment during the last... Because it sounds like you were there for a year, two years. Let's see. I did... I did work in some capacity for a little over a year and a half. Yeah. So I did that for 10 months as, you know, the health education. And then I uh, resigned to save my own physical and mental health. Um, and then I worked as a um, preparedness coordinator when vaccines first rolled out. So okay. I was organizing mass vaccine clinics. Yeah. Some of those were wild. Yeah. The people did like the drive through. My significant other, I did mine through um, Wake Med because I'm a healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. So I could go to the hospital and do mine early. But they did theirs through like a church. Yeah. Like one of those church run mm -hmm. ones and like the small counties that when you were trying to sign up, you had to drive like 100 miles yep. away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Insane. Yeah. We were set up in an old mall parking lot. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. It's a good way to reuse the space, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I can totally feel just like everything my body went through during that time. It was definitely like the hardest thing I think both like my mental and physical body have, have gone through for that extended amount of time. And it just like it got to a point where even like taking a lunch break like wasn't worth it because I would like leave for 30 minutes and come back and would have just like endless phone calls to return and yeah just stuff like that um and so i i it this all was happening too i don't think i i mentioned this part this all was happening leading up to my wedding we got married on january 1st 2021 no covid reschedule nope what did you do we ended up just eloping which worked in my favor i i wanted a small wedding anyway so like, ding 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 here we go <laughs> it wasn't the worst the universe thing. has spoken but you know like my my body is is changing during this time because of the stress and burnout and everyone's like are you losing weight for the wedding don't you look good i fucking hate that full yeah. circle to this whole weight stigma exactly bullshit. So, yeah, I'm, like, dying on the inside. Why? Like, no, I'm losing weight because y'all are making me go insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in fight or flight all the time. Exactly. I can't even take a lunch I am break. deteriorating and, like, getting praised for it. So, it just, like, was such a clusterfuck, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes while you're talking, and I'm just sitting here, like, nodding my head, like, yep. <laughs> It sounds awful. Just How were, all around. Yeah. Was it like you were mentioning that you were having friends and family who were also, you know, sick and losing their lives to COVID or complications from COVID or being sick and elderly or any 
any number of things. And then you were in the thick of it. Was there any way to separate any of that? Did you separate any of that? Could you? <sighs> Man, some some days, no, honestly. Um, some days I would just come home and talk to my then fiance about how much my life sucked and how much everything sucked and mm -hmm. how hard everything was. And there were many days I just like couldn't see the evening ahead of me even I mean it just like it it put me in a very 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 dark and scary place for a very very long time and um ultimately I just you know started noticing how much everything was impacting me day to day and the people I loved most um especially you know Zach and um my my closer friends and I don't know I just kind of had this moment where I was like all right, like I either have to change something or just like let this kill me. I mean, that's really like those were my two options. So finally was like, all right, like I I haven't been in therapy for a while. Let's try that. Um, and got back into that and just started doing the work. <laughs> just when putting, you resigned, right? You're like, I gotta yeah, go. Yeah. I gotta get out of here. That was that was the first thing. And she my first therapist really helped me with that. Um mm. And she point she was like, if if things don't sustain, if things you know don't continue once you left, then they were never sustainable in the first place, and that's not on you. And that was a big lesson. Oh, I love that. Yeah, what an incredible plug for that therapist too, saying yeah, like, if something falls apart because you leave, it's a fucked up system to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's not your fault. Yeah. So and did yeah. everything crumble when you left? If you're like, I don't know, I ran tell you. away and never looked back. <laughs> Not my problem. I appreciate you being willing to put yourself back and thinking about what it was like to be on the front lines in this way that I don't think many people think about when this COVID-19 response was kicking off. Mm -hmm. Many of the focus was right on direct face-to-face -face healthcare providers and yeah. emergency response teams and research right there was not a lot of focus on the people who are doing this day to day you know i i would even you know when i think about having people on this podcast right which is a storytelling podcast to have real stories from real people in real time and i would joke about having like a, a person who works for the, for the mail service on okay well what about like a gas station but google we don't want to talk to you right now okay <laughs> you know, someone who works for a gas station, someone who worked for the bus system, somebody who is building these phone trees, which mm -hmm. to me is fascinating as someone who doesn't, who barely knows, I'm gonna be real vulnerable <laughs> with y'all, how to build an Excel spreadsheet half the time, okay? <laughs> I don't really care about technology in that way. I just want it to work for me. I feel that. <laughs> and then you have these people who I'm using a very strong empathetic lens here, right? Of being able to say like, just want somebody to blame, but then they come at you all like, what the fuck? Don't, don't you think we would also prefer not to be doing these things? Right. We're not trying to make your life a living hell. Nope. Right. Because like, my life is currently a living hell. So like, why would I want to do this every yep. day? Yeah. No, I, I wanted nothing more than to have a normal housewarming party and to just enjoy being in a new home. And I wanted nothing more than to just plan my wedding and figure out, you know, where we were going to honeymoon and do all of that. And instead, I was spending 10, 12 hours a day <laughs> doing COVID response. 
And, you know, it's certainly not to to take away from from frontline responders at all, because, I mean, they were frontline <laughs> and right. worked a very hard job, too. But, yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think a lot of people realized what was going on on a county or a state level and like just how challenging that is. Um, Cause that's, that's who you turn to for information. And that's the first front line of response and of information and, you know, where the public goes to, to figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have the answers (laughs) or when we're being treated like shit. Yeah. And I think too, like the infuri that making this a adjective, I think, which is not anyway, how infuriating it has to be to hear people say things like this is all hoax. Why are you wasting your time? And it's like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm it because also like if it like in some wild world, like if it has been or is how angering is that for you? Like how then upsetting is that to be like, well, then what the fuck have I been doing? Exactly. For 10 months. Exactly. When I've just been drowning myself and my body's deteriorating and my mental health is deteriorating for this cause Mm -hmm. and you're trying to tell me it's a hoax. Yeah. And, you know, I I think you just hit on exactly what was so. Gosh, what's the word? Complicated, I think, is that I did feel and still do feel this like profound I don't know, like sense of like being proud of like what I did and what I was doing and what we were all doing together because that was a huge undertaking. And that was a hopefully once in a lifetime experience. Please, for the love of all things. And, and you know, if 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 we have kids or if we have nieces and nephews or, you know, whatever, like the the next generation is going to read about this in their textbooks. And I'm going to be able to give a, a really unique experience for that. This firsthand account. Yeah. And mm. I, I, I do take a lot of pride in being able to, like, apply knowledge I learned from these preparedness trainings and all of that. Like, it, it was really profound. And... It was the hardest thing I hope I ever have to do. <laughs> Literally. Like for, yeah, I can't say, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. I really freaking hope so too. So yeah, yeah, I I, I hope it's just all smooth sailing from here. I know right. it'll never be true, but you know. Well, and I think now the perspective of that, right? Like I can imagine now you're like, yeah, these other little hiccups and challenges that I experienced will never feel and I don't ever want them to feel like they did. Yeah. In this one role. Totally. Yeah. So an incredible plug for therapy. You yeah. left that job. It sounds like what? October, 2021, 2020, 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. I can't not do math. Yes. And then married January 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then going to therapy. What else are you doing to now? I don't want to call it damage. So offer me another word if something fits better, but undo what has thus been done. Yeah. From that. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, a lot of therapy for sure. <laughs> therapy all the time. Every <laughs> all day. All the therapy. Um, but I, I think too what what therapy helped me realize is I I really am like equal parts in need of social community interaction and alone time. Um I think day to day in most jobs I've ever worked, I put out a lot of interpersonal energy and I kind of need that time to like restore for myself. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. really being intentional about finding finding time to interact on levels that feel comfortable for me. Um, 
which is exactly how I got into to hosting trivia. And that's how um, that was kind of my way to debrief during the pandemic when things were opening back up um, or even when things were just virtual. Uh, we found a, a local brewery while in Greensboro that had a great trivia set up. I really enjoyed them. So we would my friend and I and Zach would all go together as a team. And like that was like our way we would chill out from the week and debrief and just like be with each other so whenever we moved here the first thing i said i was like we need to find a new trivia gotta spot find a trivia spot gotta yes. find it and i saw a website that showed you know where all the different hosts were and at the bottom it was like you know are you interested tell us why you think you'd be a great host and i was like i would be a great host you really are so that's yeah oh yeah that's amazing it's just like finding little things like that that um give you something to look forward to i think that that has been the biggest thing that i've needed to to feel sustained is like constantly having something to look forward to even if it's just like a small little something something that brings you joy yes no and thank you for sharing that because that is something we tell one i tell my clients all the time and two talk to friends and family and peers about that and we see the memes we see it on the right like find joy in Mm -hmm. your life right like romanticize some of your life now we're not talking about romanticizing trauma and these other things but we're saying look forward to your morning coffee if nothing else look forward plan a a walk in a garden plan a trip to the garden center plan a walk with your dog whatever it is that you can look forward to put it on the calendar make it a big deal in your head so that yep. you can go do these things. That is a genuine skill of resilience and learning how to deal with the fucked up shit that we have going on in this world. Totally. Sometimes. I love asking my friends that too, because then if if you're, I'm definitely one of those types that I, I don't share a lot with friends. Like I, I, you know, I, I do like become a recluse. And like, if I'm like in a funk, like that's going to be my first thing is withdrawing. Um, and so it's, it's a good subtle way to see if like any friends like are starting to withdraw or if like something's up, it's just like, mm, what you got going on? What you got? What are you looking forward to? No, and if it's like not nothing. a whole lot, well, let's plan something. Let's give you something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, You want to come to my trivia? You exactly. Go for a walk? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, now let's say that you like to travel and like financially that's not feasible for you. And well, then find things that are go to the Ashboro Zoo. If you live here yep. locally, take these, go to Wendell, go to these tiny trips, these day trips yeah. that you can hopefully swing. Exactly. It doesn't have to be this big exaggerative. That's no. not a word. Why <laughs> am I making up words today? This big exuberant like trip to the Bahamas, right? We're not saying that. It's just something to look forward exactly. to. Exactly. I love that. Okay, we're definitely going to link this trivia site <laughs> so that people people love trivia and music bingo here. It's, it's huge. so much fun too, and I really love the the setup that that the way that this group does it. Like it's really like fast paced. Like it's eight, seven, or eight rounds depending on where you're at. Um, Ten questions around, so like it really keeps you going. Now it's that great. you're a host, do you compare? Like, do you ever go out oh, yeah. to go to a trivia army's band and be like, ugh. Yeah, there's there's me. definitely been times where I'm like, mm, mine's better. better. It's yeah. fine. Ugh. Okay, so we're therapy. It's on leaving a job that was no longer suiting you, right? Yes. And working well for you. Mm-hmm. Big, big, big boundary. You started doing trivia. You were doing it and then also found that this is kind of a thing you could do for fun mm-hmm. is to host that. What else? Oh, my gosh. What else? Well, you got a dog. Ugh. Pets, a are, pets are wonderful pets are wonderful um and i think just like staying open to opportunity in general is like so big and something that 
I feel like I have really learned and put into place this year, especially like now that like things are on the up and up and like on the the incline and we're, you know, seeing the light and it's actually sunshine. (laughs) Um, I think you're able to just like see opportunity more and be like more okay with that and being more welcoming. I love that. Mm -hmm. I really do. It's nice. And it's good to see. It sounds like too you finding spaces within that that will be supportive of you and your values. Totally. And what's important to you. And then taking even a step back from that and saying, okay, is this still serving me? And if it's not, what do I need to be doing to mm-hmm. better myself and get myself closer to what I want to be doing? Yeah. 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 What is something that you have found yourself living by? Whether mm. it's now or through that hard time. Gosh, my all-time favorite, um, this one came from a previous therapist, a different one. To all the therapists I ghosted in my 20s, I'm sorry, and I love you, but your words still ring true with me. (laughs) To all the therapists I love. I had one early 20s therapist who, um, gosh, she, she could really, like, tell how, like, analytical I can be and, like, how in my head I can be, and... When I would say things like, you know, oh, like I, I'm not like experienced enough or I don't have, you know, I, I'm not X, Y, and Z enough. Uh, she would go, well, where's the evidence for that? And I would be like, um, yeah, hello, it's obvious. Do you see it? It's right here. <laughs> and, you know, she would, she would poke holes in said evidence and ask me again and be like, okay, now where's the evidence? I'm like, okay, well, now that you reframe it, maybe there isn't any. Fine, no evidence. I, you know, that that has really worked for me, both like personally and and in my relationships. Um, if if my husband's in his head or if my best friend's in her head and you know, has the spiraling thoughts that that I'm clearly like, girl or bro, like, come on now, this this isn't true. I'll I'll just post them with them. Like, well, where's where's the evidence? And they're like, Oh, well, maybe maybe there isn't. I'm like, no, there isn't. You're fine. You got this. I actually want to maybe even highlight a parallel to that of going back to COVID-19 and the pandemic of where's the evidence, (laughs) right? And you're like, bitch, I am the evidence. Like, don't you see this? Hello, this I am the evidence. Don't you see that? I am the evidence. (laughs) And, you know, you know, before, yeah, many, many times people are like, well, I guess there isn't any evidence to that theory, but I just believe it. Like, how could it not be? Right. And you're over here being like, well, that applies to not only the thoughts in your head, but I think also outwardly, where's the evidence to support totally. that? Yeah, I know. My husband, bless his heart, the other day, he was um, really just like, I don't know if like I'm hitting the right benchmarks. I don't know if I'm you know doing enough. I don't know if you know this is going well. And I said, okay, but your your boss sent out an email that praised you. Other people have been praising you. These people have been putting you on. These people asked you to be part of this group. I said, I think there's evidence to suggest the opposite belief great. here. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really know what else you're looking for to affirm that. But it's all but like, right here's here. this. Yeah. Is this enough? Does this work for you? He was like, okay, you, you make a point. I'm like, yeah. yeah. It, it's a good one, man. Yeah. It's a good one to ask yourself well, every now really and then. It really challenges that self-doubt, right? And those intrusive thoughts that we can get that tell us that we're not doing well or that we are the crazy quote-unquote people or whatever it is Mm -hmm. yeah i love that yeah highly recommend yes fully support (laughs) i second that where's the evidence to support that yep all the way 
Kendall, I have, I'm so grateful that I get to know you. You know, I think that current wellness brings me to so many different people. It brings me back to people in previous parts of my life. We all find each other there. And then it's brought me to new people. And I'm just so grateful that you did take that time to work at Current Wellness and be a part of that community. I think you really helped so many people Mm -hmm. and then realized, sounds like from being around all the other people there professionally and personally, you were like, I got to go do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not an easy choice at all because I, I do love the community so much. Like they're such great people and I, I, I will never be able to like speak highly enough of each person I met there. Um, including you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, it's, it it was so rewarding and so gratifying and inspired me to be like, girl, you gotta go. You gotta you gotta do what you need to do. You do you. That's exactly what I tell told everybody there. Do what you need to do. Yep. And prioritize yourself. yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to see what this next part of your life does for you. And I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful to have someone like you in hand in hand in this this goal, right? This advocacy work and this mission, this broader mission that we have to serve part of our community, right? And make, make this world a better place to live for everyone involved. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Um, And keep buying plants. You know, Kendall did not mention that she buys plants and takes care of her chickens. Oh my God. We have to tell all of us (laughs) her chickens names before I cut this off. Of course, of course. Priorities. This is the most important piece. Yeah. So she started with this. If you don't listen to anything else, you just have to hear these chickens names. Um, so first and foremost, I have Chicky Minaj. Chicky Minaj. Which, funnily enough, I had a meeting recently with my nutrition counselor. My nutrition counselor and I have the same birthday. We both have a dog named Clover. <laughs> and we both have a chicken named Chicky Minaj. How? Because we're the same person. That, yes. I, I think so. So had to start there. We have Chicky Minaj. We have Cardi Beak. We have Hendrick Lamar. And we have Chickenish Gambino. I love it. That's they're, amazing. They're lovely. They're a band in and of themselves. They're a <laughs> musical group in and of themselves. I need to, I'm trying to think of like what to name the coop. I need to get a sign <gasps> for the coop. A lot of them are like plays on like, you know, hotels and everything. My best friend said it obviously needs to be a record label. Oh, and I said it does. It so absolutely does. If anyone has a good record label chicken themed idea. Oh my God, we'll do like submissions. Yes. Like if you've listened, okay, if you have ideas for a chicken coop name based on a record label, submit them to us at ivanbetter.pod, okay, on Instagram. (laughs) And, you know, we'll we'll take them and we'll hear them out. Yes. And then you also need to get one of the chickens a keyboard. (sighs) I really want to put a disco ball in there. (gasps) I've heard it's really good for chicken enrichment. Yes, because the shiny things. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Works on us. Chickens are smart, but they're also like, ooh, shiny (laughs) things. Kendall, thank you so, so much. And I look forward to continuing to follow you and see what you do over the next year of your life. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks, Kendall. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've Been Better dot pod.